Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. We hope that it will encourage you as you seek to follow God and grow in your faith. If you would like to know more about our church, you can check us out at www.ritmangrace.org or feel free to email us at ritmangbc at aol.com. But for right now, let's get into today's message. Well, we are excited and happy to be here with you today and so glad you came. Uh, We have some guests with us um, who are going to be sharing, and I'm not going to steal all of what they're going to do, but Alejandro and Krista uh, Robles are here with us. And some of you are going to remember that Krista was one that we supported years ago uh, when she was in Atlanta and serving there and helping start a church and serving in, in compass offices. And and uh, since, I, I don't know if Alejandro, if you were married while we were supporting you, I think a little bit at that time. And um, a lot has changed. I'll let them update you on stuff. But um, I've known Krista since she was really a little girl, which was only a few years ago. But um, Alejandro, I've known him for years now too. And this is a great, sharp couple. Their desire is this summer, hopefully in August, um, if the Lord leads that way, for them to be able to go and serve in Colombia. And so we're going to let them share with you what that all entails. But uh, it's just exciting to have them here to share with us. And if we have opportunity later on at the end of the service, we may be able to have some questions and answers. And if not, if we run out of time, you can always catch them in the lobby. So... Thank you so much for being with us today. We look forward to you sharing God's work in your life. Thank you, Bob, for that introduction. And thank you, Redmond Grace Brethren Church, for the privilege to have us today here. That will be better, right? (laughs) Um, And thank you for the time this morning. And we are going to share our testimonies and uh, some stories on how the Lord has been leading us to go to Colombia. So we are going to start with ter- our testimonies. At Krista, as Pastor Bart said, she's my wife, Krista. My name is Alejandro. We are currently going to Middle Branch Grace Brain Church. And thank you for you guys for supporting us during the years and the, the opportunity this time as well. All right, so um, the first thing we wanted to share with you is a little bit about how we came to Jesus. And for me, um, I grew up as a pastor's kid. And as a pastor's kid, um, in our home growing up, we um, hosted a lot of missionaries at our home, sometimes for extended periods of time. And um, it was very memorable for many reasons, including that um, they always stayed in my room. So I would migrate somewhere else in the house and they'd stay in my room. But one of the most memorable things was sitting around the dinner tables in the evenings, listening to their stories, Um, experiencing the world in a way that I had never um, through their eyes and through their stories. And so from that early age, God started to plant in me, in my heart, a desire, um, a burden for the lost, but also a passion for um, other cultures, other people groups, um, and other languages. So my testimony is a little different. Uh, I'm from Colombia, and I grew up in a Catholic home. Uh, so we, I never heard about the gospel. I never heard about, about Jesus and what Jesus did for me. And um, when I was uh, in my early teens, my parents got divorced and was an ugly situation. 
And basically we went to bankruptcy and uh, my mom at that point started looking for some solutions. So one of our neighbors invited her to a Bible study and there my, my mom heard about the great news of salvation. So she started attending a church and, be, and she became a, a believer. So soon after that, she invited us, my brother and I, to attend the, the church and to hear about the gospel. But we were very skeptical and we didn't hear, wanted to hear anything about Jesus. And instead, we were blaming God about our situation. So after many years of my mom praying for us, she invited us to a, a, a youth camp. And in that youth camp, I, that was the first time I heard about Jesus and what Jesus did for me. And I remember them sharing about the Romans road, and basically in Romans 3.23 saying, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that really impacted me because, wow, I'm a, I am a sinner. I am a sinner and I didn't re realize my situation. And I didn't realize that that was my situation before the Lord. And in Romans 6.23 it says, For the wages of sin is death. So basically I, I realized, oh wow, I am death before the Lord. And once I learned what was my destination, if I would die to, at that day without Jesus, I was, wow, really scared of my situation, of my critical situation before the Lord. But on the same passage it says, Romans 3.24, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. And then, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Basically, I, I learned my condition and I was scared. But at the same time, I saw hope, and the hope in Jesus Christ, what He did for me on the cross, that He died for me, for my sins, to cleanse me, to purchase me. And then I received the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, and since then, I started work, walking with the Lord. So that was my call and my, my, from the Lord, wow, I rescue, and that was great for me. So um, there were a few years in between there, <laughs> and uh, we ended up, our paths converged um, in Atlanta. So I had done some internships with Encompass um, in Argentina, and I knew that I wanted to do um, cross-cultural ministry. So when the time came, I contacted uh, them, and I said, hey, I think that these are my strengths and weaknesses. I'm pretty much open to anything. Where could you use me? Where do you need me most? And to my surprise, they said, um, we're getting ready to move our home office to Atlanta. Please come with us, help us open the office, and um, mobilize others into missions. And so um, that's how I got to Atlanta. I did that in August 2012, and I was there a couple months. I, uh, I also started working with Jesus Munoz. You guys might know him. Um, Jesus and Rosa doing church planting with a Spanish-speaking population in Atlanta. And about two months after I got there, um, Alejandro, who had been overseas um, the past seven years, he, he had come to Atlanta, went over to the Middle East for seven years, um, had requested his home office to transfer back to Atlanta because he'd felt that, that call from God, hey, I want you to go where you can be more involved in ministry. Um, and so through a really roundabout way, which I won't go into, uh, Alejandro got connected with Jesus also, and they met on Skype almost a full year every week 
um, before Alejandro arrived. So I got there August, and October Alejandro came, and we started spending a lot of hours together every week doing church planting with Spanish speakers. And so that was how our journey began. Um, and, and in some way, you guys as a church had a part in that because you helped send me to Atlanta where I, um, another surprise from God, uh, met my future husband. So um, from there, as a couple, we started exploring, okay, as single people, each of us had a call to missions or to ministry. And now as a couple, what does that look like and how will that flesh out in our life together? So the passage we read uh, today was in Ephesians 4. And um, soon after I got saved, I started having some, um, some issues with my, my daily Christian life. So at that point I realized, well, how was my old self? My old self was full of deceit, uh, full of sins, but now I'm a new person. I'm a new person in Christ. And Ephesians talk about here living the old things. Put, put off the old things and put on the new things that are like Christ. So basically at that point, I just started walking with the Lord and let the Lord transform my mind, my heart, transform all my being so I can be more like Christ. So it, I started that journey, and that journey, even up to this day, journey of putting off, put it on, so we, I can be more like Christ. So as a journey, as a single person, I always was struggling, okay, with the Lord, pleasing the Lord, have, doing the right attitude before the Lord. And as a, as a couple, has been one of our principles, putting off the old self and put it on the good things that the Lord has been telling us to do, transform our lives, things that, are, things, the things above, put on and walk according to the Holy Spirit. So that has been one of our principles to walk with every day. And another one is in Colossians 1.3. In Colossians 1.3, you can read it there. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So... <clears throat> After working with the Lord, we decided that we wanted to serve the Lord. It is not the same call for all of us, but for us, it meant that um, for me, was leaving my career behind. I've been working with this company for almost 20 years. I was doing good in project management, but the Lord showed us another path, another way, and we decided, you know, Lord, we want to serve you. We want to keep our eyes on you, on the things above. And it doesn't matter what we think or what we desire. What matters is we want to follow you. So at that point, we started looking how we can please the Lord and start thinking more the things above. Not only, Because for me, it was easier to continue my career. For me, it was easier you know, to provide for, for, our, for our home. But when we went to ministry, now I'm scared and kind of I need to live more by faith in the sense, wow, Lord, I'm, sure, I'm not sure if you are going to provide or not, but I trust in you. 
So before I was thrusting more in my, oh, I'm providing, you know, I have a job, I, I just can do everything for my house. Now I, the Lord is the provider. Now my mentality shift. So now I'm putting on having my faith, my trust in the Lord. So on this journey, we decided we are going to follow you, Lord. And so we moved from Atlanta, Georgia, serving the Lord there as a church planters. And I resigned my full time. I became just part, part time and I started pursuing uh, ministry part time. So we moved here to Ohio because Krista's family. Krista, can you? Yeah. So um, as we continued working through these principles in our life, seeking um, what that meant for us, uh, we, we realized that it's very interesting how God, um, he requires in one sense the same thing from all his children, right? As far as character, as far as um, seeking to be more like him. In another sense, he requires really very different things from all his children in the sense of we're a body and we have different functions. And so... Um, you know, for one person, what would have been exactly what God called them to do and to continue in his career, um, you know, for us wasn't what God called us to. And one thing that we have noticed is that, um, you know, in our in our time together is if God says, hey, you're a hand, and I say, well, no, I really want to be a foot, and I just keep trying to do the same job as the feet, it doesn't work out well for anyone. Um, and you can, not only are, is your your progress hindered, but you can be injured or injure others. And so for us, um, you know, what this looked like was not choosing what was the easy path forward, but stepping out in faith, um, having risk-taking faith. And so that, even though coming to Ohio doesn't seem very risk-taking uh, or outside of a comfort zone, it definitely was more so for Alejandro. It was my home, but for him it was very, very different. And so... Uh, just kind of a funny aside, I told him, hey, get ready for some culture shock, because it's very different than here in Atlanta. And he said, oh, I've been living in the States since, when was it, 2002? No. And I said, yeah, but you have been living in an in international city of Ohio, or excuse me, Atlanta, and almost all your friends are Hispanic. So just wait till we get to Ohio. It's very different there. And um, huh. I remember after we'd been here a couple of weeks, he said, something's wrong. Nobody wants to be my friend. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I keep asking people to go out for lunch or get together, and they keep saying, yeah, let me check my calendar, and maybe um, in the next two weeks we can put something on the schedule. And he was like, nobody wants to go with me now, today, right now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, it's not you. It's the way we are. <laughs> so, um, so that was our first kind of step of faith. And so God um, kind of worked through our home church, our sending church, and they invited us to come basically share one full-time position between the two of them, two of us, working with the international community, helping our church with community outreach. Um, and while we were doing that, Alejandro pursued his Master of Ministry through Moody. And we've been really blessed to um, especially see some great things that God has been doing with the migrant um, community that we work with in Hartville. Um, about 500 migrant workers and their families come every year for about six months of the year. And so we've seen a lot of people come to know the Lord, uh, walking with the Lord, and that's been just really amazing, um, humbling, and a blessing to be a part of. And so when we were in Atlanta, we had welcomed our first son, Sammy. You see him there? He's about he's going to be six next month. He's in the white shirt. And once we came here to Ohio, we added Ben to our family. He's three and a half now. And um, so that's it's been a blessing to kind of also be near family um, as we get kind of establish ourselves 
as as a family. So we've been real thankful for the spiritual input and the support um, from them. So what's next? We're headed to Colombia. There's a lot of question marks. We have our vision and our idea of what's going to happen. And I assume a little bit of that at least actually will happen. But you never know how God um, works. So we hope um, and I pray for the opportunity to come back uh, at some point in the future and share with you how God filled in those question marks. Um, but for now, I, we did want to tell you a little bit, especially since um, you guys have been a part of our journey with Encompass, um, we thought it was important to let you know why this part of our journey is not with them. It's not because we have any issues or departure from Encompass. We love our Encompass family. Alejandro continues to work very part-time um, supporting projects in Africa with them. But they don't work in Colombia. And so we were faced with the hard decision, is God calling us more to work with Encompass or is he calling us more to work with in Colombia? And for us, um, eventually, he made it clear that it was um, Colombia. So we're actually expanding our mission family. Um, and we think we're plugged in with another great organization called ABWE. We've been blessed by um, working with them up to this point. And I just wanted to give you a brief um, history of who they are. Very similar in so many ways to Encompass. Um, they started about 100 years ago with one missionary in the Philippines. And he was a doctor. And as he doctored, he shared um, the good news of Jesus Christ. And one day, the organization that he was working with came to him and said, hey, um, we're changing the way we do things. You keep doctoring, but stop talking about Christ. And he said, wow, I, I can't do that. That's what I'm here for. And so he came back to the States, and he worked with a few people. And out of that, ABWE was born. And today they have the same mission um, to meet those physical needs, but always to do that within the context of the message of hope, within the context of local church. Um, and those are things that are very important for Alejandro and I, um, holistic ministry. And so their involvement in Colombia began back in the 70s. At that point, um, there was less than 5% evangelical believers in Colombia. And God has really worked there because today there's um, about double that, 10% evangelical believers. But it kind of posits a little bit of a challenge because um, within the last couple decades has become this big explosion of new believers, but they don't have the heritage and the Bible teaching and the training. They're pretty much a generation, uh, first generation believers, which is great. It's an amazing opportunity. Um, and so what we're inviting you into today is to be part of equipping an army um, of people to spread the message of hope throughout Colombia and beyond. And so we are setting up this multiplicational um, kind of, or, or we're not really setting it up, we're going to partner with this multiplicational style of ministry where um, hopefully what we'll do is equip Colombian believers to go out and make an impact all over the world. So we'll be helping to equip a team of um, pastors missionaries and gospel servants? Um, ABWE has basically three major, uh, main um, statements in, his, in their vision statement, which are training leaders, planting churches, and launching missions movements. So we are going to work along them. And <clears throat> basically what we are going to do in Colombia, I'm going to be teaching in the seminary, going to be teaching some classes for the students there. And also, I'm going to be helping managing the seminary. The seminary right now is owned by the, the missions here, ABWE. Eventually, they want to transfer the seminary to the Colombian Nationals. But in the meantime, I'm going to be helping uh, ABWE managing the seminary. It means, um, first of all, the transition between the, the Americans and the Colombians there through the se seminary. 
also managing the finances and the programs. Uh, Krista is going to help. This is a um, um, residential seminary, so uh, students come uh, Sunday nights or Monday mornings, and they they stay all the week, so they are all the time there. So Krista is going to be helping with the discipleship yes, and um, some counseling for the ladies at the seminary. Both together, as part of the, uh, we are going to be part of a uh, local church and doing some church planting. Uh, so we are going to uh, lead a, a team of uh, church plantings to to work alongside with some churches to plant a, a, a church in a, an, I would say, near a, near a town near the seminary. So that is what we are going to do uh, as a couple and as a family. So please pray for us in, the, in that sense that the, the Lord bless our ministry and we can impact people, can impact the students, future leaders, and also we can uh, bring the good news uh, to people who, in the area. I'm going to tell you some stories why I want to go back to Colombia. After being saved in Colombia many years ago, I, I had the desire to serve the Lord. So soon after I became saved, a believer, I, I had the desire, the passion to serve the Lord. So I was doing some church planting even with my local church since the beginning. I had the desire, but I didn't have the knowledge. So I, they sent me and I went there, but I didn't know how. I knew how to share the gospel, but I knew how to give a practical Christian living responses to people. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories about how it did start, so how I can get trained so I can, be, I can train others as well. I remember doing some church planting in a poor area of Bogota. And the, the commonality of poor areas are full of people, full of, stray do full of stray dogs, animals all over the place, street vendors all over the place, local uh, uh, um, stores everywhere, people everywhere. So we were there in this part of the city and we went uh, Wednesday night for a Bible study. And in this Bible study, in this local uh, uh, living room, a small living room crowded with about 20 people, so we were about to start the, the Bible study, and before we started the, the study, a young man fell down on the floor and had started having some convulsions. So I looked my my friend, he was leading the Bible study that night. We, we took turns at that point leading the studies. So I basically, I, we, didn't, we looked at each other and we didn't know what to do. And suddenly, because he was so nervous, because he didn't know what to, to do, so he jumped on the guy on the floor and he started casting demons out of him. So everybody was shocked, and even myself, I was shocked because with our bread and background, we never talk about that. We, we don't, you know, do those kind of things. But he was so nervous and he didn't, didn't know what to, to do or say, so that was his reaction. So he was there until a, a, a lady said, stop doing what you are doing. I don't know what you are doing, but please get out of him. He, he doesn't have any demons. The guy is just high on drugs. So after that shock and that embarrassment, and I was in many situations like that when, where I was, I didn't know, I didn't know how, what to answer, what answers I should say or, should, or what things I should do. So, because I was clueless, so I started thinking, you know, I want to get some training. 
so I can help myself and I can help others so they don't do or go through the same situation, clueless situation I was in. So um, around this time last year, we uh, were going through a really hard time in ministry. And we needed some encouragement and some wisdom. And so we went to visit a pastor friend and his wife who had been gracious to be mentoring us. We were sitting outside their house in this little gazebo with our masks on because, you know, COVID. And we're talking and pretty soon um, Pastor Bob, kind of like out of the realm of what we we're talking about, um, said, you know, if you're looking for God's purpose in your life, one of the things you should really consider is has God gifted you with any specific desires or passions or skills, or maybe you could step in and do something that a thousand other people aren't ready to do right now. And that kind of hit us, and so we're driving home after that, and we start talking about it, and we realize, okay, we've been praying about Colombia, but really, look, we have already the language, the culture, we have um, the Bible training, we have some experience. It was like, wow, God's been like molding us and shaping us for ministry in Colombia. Um, but we still have this one major hang-up, and that's that Alejandro, um, I used to joke that he had what I called split passion disorder. And that's because he loves God and loves theology and loves helping others understand God and the Bible better. He also had 20 years of um, business experience, and not just because he has to, but he really enjoys it. So we were like, why, God, would you give this part of Alejandro if you didn't plan to use it? And so um, a few days later, I was sitting in our living room, and I was thinking about it, and I was praying about it, and I thought, well, I'm just going to see who's working in Colombia that maybe we could align with and just, just see what's happening there. And so I, I Googled it. <laughs> and one of the first names to come up was ABWE. And when I worked with Encompass, I did a lot of traveling to universities and missions conferences, and I saw their banners. I, th I was like, okay, they swim in all the same pools <laughs> as Encompass, so let's check that, that out. And I was reading a little bit. I navigated to the page of ministry needs in Colombia. And right there at the top were theological educator, seminary administrator. And so it was really one of those things where, wow, God, you just brought these two things that we didn't see how they fit together real well, um, and you combined it into one opportunity. And so we're excited that Alejandro will get to use both of those strengths and passions um, in the context of, where, of the ministry in Colombia. Another story about how effective training help others is, uh, I'm going to tell you this story about Central African Republic. As Krista mentioned, we were uh, able to help uh, Encompass, work with Encompass, and I'm still work with Encompass on some projects. Some of those projects, may, maybe you have heard of them, is the Timothy Project. We help uh, some Bible institutes and a seminary in, uh, in CAR. One of these stories is from there, and this is about a young man called Theodore. Theodore was a, from a small village in north part of Central African Republic, and he had the desire to study the Bible. So he went to a, a small city, Bata. So he went to the Bible Institute there because he wanted to, put to, to learn more about the Bible. He went there, and he did great. And uh, he, he was the first in his class, and he also had a good testimony, and he was doing well with his uh, Bible studies, leading Bible studies. So his professors saw the good potential, and after he graduated from the Bible Institute, the professor said, you know, you need to pursue further studies, and you need to go to the capital, to Bangui, 
to, to the seminary so you can still get more training. And he, as, and he went there, he went to the Bangui, and there in the seminary he did well as expected. He was also one of the best of his class, but also his testimony was good. And he was able to also lead Bible studies there. So his professors at the seminary recommended him to a local church, so he became the, the support pastor or the associate pastor of that local church. After he graduated from the seminary, his professors actually recommended to the same church and they gave the opportunity to be the lead pastor. And uh, 2 Timothy 2.2 says, The things you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust this to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. So Paul is telling Timothy, what you have heard from me, all the teachings, all Timothy, say those, teach those things to other people as well, so they can continue the legacy, so those people also can teach to others. So at least for generations of people there, listening the word of God, learning from the Lord, and also teaching to others. So basically, this is what Theodore did. His professors entrusted in him the, the Bible. And because the professors invested in him, he was able to take that church from the hundreds to the thousands. So today, it's over a thousand people church. And the reason is because he was able to get enough training because People believe in him in his potential and train him. So I have seen firsthand how important training in Bible is when you do ministry. So that is what we are trying to, to do as well in Colombia. So how could you guys partner with us? Um, there's at least three ways. And that first one is to pray. And that is most important um, to us. Even the great Apostle Paul asked for prayer for open doors in ministry, and so please pray for us that as we arrive in Colombia, God will have gone pre before, prepared hearts, prepared our hearts to serve, and um, that we'll see open doors. And then another place um, in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about how he had a wide open door, which in many ways we do, but that there were many adversaries. And so we know that on this journey, there will be a lot of obstacles, a lot of adversaries, Please pray that God will help us to be consistent with putting on our spiritual armor and faithful in engaging in that spiritual battle. Um, you can give. We have some needs uh, as far as monthly support. One of the things we didn't mention um, so far is that we are actually going bivocationally, and that's another way that God answered our prayer of what does this look like for us. Um, ministers in Colombia, pastors and missionaries, are almost always bivocational or prosperity gospel. Um, and so in Colombia, the situation, especially with the prosperity gospel, is that they take advantage of the poorest communities um, and the most needy people. And so one of the kind of the ways that a lot of gospel-believing pastors have kind of decided to be, be a good testimony is to um, largely support themselves uh, as they also minister and serve. And so especially since Alejandro's a Colombian national, it makes a lot of sense for us to do that. We think it will be a good testimony. It will help to build rapport um, for us. So because of that, our monthly needs are very small. We're, uh, he's going to be working half-time for the same company that he's been working for. And with the other half-time plus, um, we'll be serving with uh, the seminary and church planting. 
Um, and so what we're raising money for is basically the ministry needs, um, the cost of doing ministry, and then a small amount that will help us to offset um, not having typical benefits of a full-time job, most importantly, health insurance. And we're also looking for um, a one-time uh, amount that will help us to buy our plane tickets, set up the basic needs in Colombia as far as household goes. Um, and we are excited to offer this opportunity to people to partner with us because we truly believe what Paul says um, in Philippians 1.7 that he, does, he wasn't seeking his own benefit, but benefit of those who give. And so we know that anybody who partners with us um, financially will not only be helping us, but they will, you will be receiving a, a blessing from the Lord and a true part of the ministry. So um, we also would love to invite you to sign up for our monthly newsletters. Or if you'd like to know more, um, we have plenty more stories that we could share with you on a personal level. Um, that also, there's a place to check that box and provide your phone number um, on the sign-up sheet. You can um, do that and we'll reach out to you. The sign-up sheet, we didn't pass it around because of COVID protocols, but it's on the back table right there in, inside the sanctuary doors. Um, and there's also, we have provided our prayer cards previously when we met with Pastor Bud and Pastor Clark, and um, so they're out there as well. So we hope you'll pick up one of those and remember to pray for us. Pray for our kids as they transition as well. And I think that um, we're, yeah, we're on our... So, so again, thank you very much for having us today and for listening to our stories and, and testimonies. And if you have any more questions, uh, feel free to contact us in the lobby or we will leave uh, our email address or information also in, you, in case you are interested. So let me pray right now. Thanks, O Lord, for this day. Thanks, O Lord, because you're... Your grace is wonderful, O oh Lord. Thanks, O oh Lord, because you rescue us. And thanks, O oh Lord, because you, got, you gave the privilege to know you, the only and living God. Thanks, O oh Lord, for Redman Grace Brain Church. We ask, O oh Lord, to bless local church that more people can know you. And they can be disciples and they can go grow and be more like you, O oh Lord. Bless this church, O oh Lord, and help us, O oh Lord, all of us, to be more like you every day. Thanks, O oh Lord. For, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. If you have questions or would like to know more about our church, please visit www.ritmangrace.org or email us at ritmangbc at aol.com.